Hi, this is Noga in Rio de Janeiro. I come from the United States of America, and my parents thought that go going to the U.S. would be really good and much easier, and in many in many ways, I think maybe it is. It is much easier for them. There's more space and. All this stuff, but there's um, I, uh, obviously I can't understand the full extent of what it was like to grow up and be an adult in Israel by the time that they chose to leave. They chose to leave right around this time in my own life. So I'm 36, and that was approximately the age of my father. The, actually, exactly uh, when they left Israel. So my dad was doing really well in his career, and he took sabbatical to the U.S. Why do I why do I talk about this? So the cool thing is that I I have a lot of gifts that were given to my brain. And uh, given I earned them, maybe I was given the propensity to earn them. I, I, I look at it however you want to. One way or another, I am gifted in this way. I'm gifted mathematically, scientifically, and because I have those two gifts, I chose not to take that direction. Why? Because somebody else was doing it. My dad was doing it. My brother was doing it. My sister was doing it. Even my mom went the math way. I, I thought like the whole country of Israel are a bunch of scientists and mathematics, mathematicians. Like they don't need my help. But they are missing the place where you can connect that with people. So the science the math, and how to bring that together with interpersonal. Okay, I can talk about how I'm so very smart, and it's really uninteresting because there are many smart people. The thing is, one of the things that makes people, and, and I'm not making this regional, one of the things that makes people stupid is sort of not having an openness to different thought processes because there is so much richness to be had in that openness. And that's so cool, right? Like, if I wasn't open to my, basically, whole family's obsession with science and mathematics, and, and like, those are interesting things. I definitely appreciate that system of order but there are other things that it can be translated into so that's not the end of my appreciation I was open to their thought process and that's what led me to extend it into the space of health interpersonal health that that connection between a person's thought processes and emotions and the actual behaviors that they take on 
impacts our health, impacts those scientific and mathematical outcomes. That's that's where I went. But not but and there are other choices that humans make which actually works against that openness. And that's I'm sure there are other aspects, but one of the first of them is betrayal. Betrayal makes very open-minded people close their borders, create boundaries against different thoughts. So we see this in the political space. Um, Left-wing people in the U.S., think that right-wing people are evil and right-wing people think that left-wing people are evil and the people in the middle think everybody's overly extreme, everybody's wrong. (laughs) Okay, okay, everybody is wrong for you. And it's kind of cool that there are different thought processes There's richness, there's enrichment that can be had from that recognition, that openness to different thought processes. The space where people, wherever they are in the spectrum of thought, the space where people become closed to those different thoughts is where a person chooses to betray. And then... You can't trust another person to simply hold a different thought process, which, of course, everybody's entitled to do. But when they use that against you, and this is where my background in interpersonal health and mental health comes in, in the U.S. and maybe other places, in the U.S., we see an abundance of utilization of passive-aggressive communications and behaviors to make people think that you're friendly while you actually are hurting the other person in a way that preserves your reputation. (laughs) It is so, so messed up. So for a person who is open to a different thought process, You listen, and you think, okay, there's no harm in listening. But with a passive-aggressive person, there's betrayal. There is harm in listening. Because although the person appears to innocently be asserting their different thought process, in the meantime, they're hurting the listener. They're undermining the listener, and they use all sorts of techniques all sorts of techniques and actually what's really upsetting in the mental health world is that there is one book just one (laughs) just one book one resource which talks about passive aggression and that resource is the angry smile i don't even remember who wrote it but i think that it was um like written by some uh, like people who were in the military and looked at uh, an assessment of some 
behavioral trends or whatever that they noticed amongst uh, people who were in the army, which is interesting, which is cool, and there's knowledge to be had from that. In the meantime, let's say you didn't read the one. (laughs) I I laugh because there's just one resource that at least I've ever heard of. One resource about passive aggression. If you haven't, it messes with your mind. Then the behavior of all these passive aggressives, and it's pervasive in the United States, turns into betrayal. And if you don't know what passive aggression is, you know that it's wrong. You feel it. You feel the betrayal, but you don't know how to put your finger on it. And then all you know to do, possibly, is to withdraw, to to set up your boundaries even higher, to say, no, I'm not open to your different thought process. And it's not because you're not actually open. It's because you see that when the other person shares a different thought process, they're actually trying to hurt you trying to undermine you. The thing that you're not actually open to isn't the different thought process. You're not open to betrayal. That's cool. That's awesome. And I think too often we see people sort of take on betrayal and say, "Mm, I can handle it. I don't want to tell you a sob story, but I have taken on a lot of betrayal in my life. And I am now seeing physical manifestations. They they have a very, very, very minor understanding for why psychological harm would amount to physical harm. So right now it's not in the legal system, but we see with me, an athlete, a 10-time marathoner, a triathlete, a bodybuilder, who has been betrayed. I don't want to think of myself as a victim ever, but who has hurt herself by accepting betrayal by suggesting that betrayal must be a part of her most intimate relationships. The physical manifestations of the betrayal of the people who are supposed to be close to me, including myself, right? I betray me by saying to Noga, yeah, that's your friend. No, that's not your friend. That's somebody who hurts you a lot. And you need to stand up for yourself. And what does that look like? Man, there's a lot here in the space of betrayal, 
in the space of how that impacts our openness or our, or our closedness. And we can see that in the COVID thing. Everybody's like, oh, oh my gosh, being around other people betrayed me. People breathe. No shit. No shit. <laughs> of course, being around other people contains a risk. That's how it goes, or it contains, um, includes a risk. That's how it goes. The question is, are you okay with treating complete isolation, which is known to be bad for you, for security from exposure to others? We can talk about because of droplets, because of COVID, because of pneumonia, whatever it is. But is this trade fair? Is this trade the right one to make? So for me, a person who hurt herself by bringing these people who betray her abundantly into her life and then labeling them as people who are close to her. Maybe, maybe she should never be exposed to herself because she betrays herself. Maybe she should just die. And that would, that would be the end of her um, suffering. That's one solution. Yes. <laughs> Maybe there's a more sophisticated solution. Maybe we can think better about this. Maybe we can balance the risk, the harm to the benefits. We know that being around other people is important to our livelihood. There are studies about baby monkeys needing to be around even a fake mom who has fur, who feeds them, I don't know what baby monkeys eat, I guess milk, whatever. And those who didn't have exposure to the sort of more nurturing fur, fake mama, and those who did, the, the, the ones who did have exposure to the fake mama were much better off than those who didn't. I do not remember the metric of success that they used, but that's a sort of general psych 101 or 241 or whatever that I took from it. Okay. I clearly remember my classics. <laughs> clearly, I forgot something. <laughs> Okay, okay. Now I conduct my own classroom for myself. And the learning that I take now is about how I've betrayed myself. The real enemy. I can point the finger at the people who have betrayed me. I can point the finger at the political systems which have betrayed me or me and my friends and people who I care about I can do that but it doesn't
get me anywhere. The real betrayal is in doing nothing. Nothing. Subservience to the status quo. An unwillingness. A laziness. And yes, I will use that word. A laziness to affect change for your best interest. That's the betrayal. You against you. I'm not trying to say that you suck. I actually think that you're great. And I want you to stand up for yourself. Because no one else knows exactly what you need. Number one. And number two. You owe it to yourself. Signing off with you. This is Noga in Rio de Janeiro.